This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, 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 To The Point listeners. It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Cristiano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. What's up, brother? Chris, you have a little edge today. You seem a little peppy, a lot of energy, more more energy than normal. Yeah, I'm excited. Welcome. I'm excited. I'm excited. Listeners, you're in for a treat today, a real yeah. treat. Now, our guest might not think he's as good of a treat as we know he is, but we're going to expose that today because we've got a beast from the East Who's now in the West? <laughs> LeBron is this LeBron James? I was thinking you, you, our guest has kind of the LeBron James story, right? To a degree, Chris. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited, yeah. So that's why I'm super peppy. I'm at like a uh, 15 out of 10, and just so you know, Paul, that's five more than 10. <laughs> this is the See? second show in a row where you've demonstrated your superior math skills. Yeah, yeah, I'm really good at it. I'm really but this good. one's special to you because you go you go back with our guests. You've got a history, and I, and I do too, but different. I do, I do, and I love it when a when a good story uh, comes full circle. Yep. Um, but I want to get go, go ahead and introduce our guest, uh, Mr. Frank DeMarco. And Frank DeMarco now today is the COO of Service Champions uh, over in Southern California, um, even though that's kind of expanding a little bit. We'll get into that. But Frank, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, great being on, Chris. It's like you said, it's like, uh, boy, you cross past. My father would say the world, you know, is like like this big, but HVAC is like that big. Yeah, and, kidding. Uh, so, so cool to see you guys again. You, you've done well and just excited to, you know, be on the show today. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to have a barn burner today. Um, hey, congrats, by the way, on um, the acquisition of my uh, friend, the Ringies. Um, yeah. Skill. Um, really, really, those guys are great footprint for us in Phoenix, a business that's just going to blow up there. They, they've got young group of guys started from scratch, love their story. Um, we're going to add more in that market, but yeah, they're, we were just out there, just saw them on Friday. Uh, great, great group there. Yeah. Solid guys. Um, you know, just, uh, I think that, I mean, they run a, I, I'm a customer of theirs, like their shop is you know, well, so now I'm a customer of yours. So, <laughs> um, great. It, it was cool to hear their story from their perspective. I know this isn't on the script and we don't have to get into this now, but it would be cool to hear their story from your perspective, um, at some point in the conversation today. Yeah. Interesting. I literally just got a text message from, uh, pro skill that they're at my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> What's the odds? Divine intervention, my friends. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Um, because there's going to be quite uh, a bit of good stuff come from this podcast. I want to give it as much time as I possibly can with the least amount of banter. Uh, I'm sure all of our listeners will appreciate Paul piping down so that way we can get to the good stuff from Mr. Frank DeMarco. Uh, Paul, listen, I'm sorry, man. I'm just busting your chops. You've actually, no, come, I, you have I'm some laughing. super thoughtful questions. And, I, and we're thank get you. To I, to the listeners, but I'm laughing because I actually got feedback from a listener I forgot to tell you about that was like, yeah, man, I just fast forward to the first 11 minutes of BS and listen to the good <laughs> stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. So I'll forward that along to you. Uh, I don't want to see that. 
Um, okay, so then we will get right to the point. I guess that is the name of the show, so maybe we should take our own advice. <laughs> that was Matt Alba from Southern California. Thanks, Matt. I remember that. Okay, Matt Alba, noted. Um, all right, so Frank, if you would, for our listeners, um, you've had quite the uh, background in the trades. If you would go ahead and just share kind of how you got into the trades, um, a little bit of your journey. So feel free to uh, embellish that journey. Sure. Like talk about the, the specifics of that journey and let us know where you're at today mm-hmm. and kind of like what is, like what's up with Frank? Frank, by the way, is going to go by the Frank after today. <laughs> no, no COO. We're just going to call him the Frank. That's how it's going to be. Frank, go ahead and share with everybody. Just let it, let everybody know who is Frank DeMarco. Yeah, thanks. So look, I, you know what's great is I've, I've literally grown up in the industry. My mother's father, my grandfather, was started in heating and air conditioning in suburban Cleveland, Ohio. My father was in, worked in the steel mills and then went to work selling for my grandfather and knew he could be something else. Not that my grandfather didn't have a good business, but wanted more. And uh, ultimately, my dad went off on his own, uh, sold, earned his way to be a small partner in a business um, in in same area, Cleveland, suburban Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, in 1989, incorporated a, a business for himself under our name, DeMarco Mechanical, which indicated more commercial. I grew up in commercial and residential, but I have an older brother that's in the industry. We laugh, you know, it's what shaped us today. You know, the work ethic, we we believe in, you know, like my father said, be the first one and the last one to leave in essence. Love it. And, um, you know, at the time while you're, your friends are all going out and, and doing their thing. Like my mother used to have to lie to my dad about the last day of school. So I could get like a breather, whether it was in high school or college, cause he would already slate us for like a job and install or run service calls. But as little as, as young as like seven, I remember going with my dad in on Saturdays to his office and, and, and what, you know, our shop where, you know, we, they did commercial work. So there was a plasma machine and, we would have to measure, we'd get that. We thought it was so cool. My brother and I would get like the tape measures and measure out, you know, back East, there's all the metal ductwork. So we'd measure out like the elbows and stack them and sweep up the office and then tie them up. And, you know, you just didn't know at the time, you know, anything, but you're a kid. And I think we were working as probably as early as my dad didn't force us to, but I got into the industry. My brother, my brother is ex- exceptionally better than me when it comes to mechanically actually doing the work. I like dealing with the people, but we've grown up in it. I've done everything from, you know, w- work in the warehouse to drive. Then I is, you know, when I was in high school, we were, I did installations. When I got into college, we were installing and then we'd, we'd run on-call service calls if we had to <laughs> after we were done installing. <laughs> and um, that we didn't know anything different. And my father believed you had to deliver to customers one at a premium price. And, you know, this theme will carry through my entire career. And you had to make, you had to define yourself as a very profitable business, treat your business fairly. Um, but you could earn a really, really good living in what is not necessarily designed or defined rather as a sexy business. Right. And yet, um, you know, just fast forward, I'll get through the, some of the career there, but what a cool thing that's going on in our industry right now. And, you know, just between service champions and Dave Geiger's group with horizon and Kenny Haynes. And, um, I cross paths and I'll get through it now, but I cross paths with all those guys, um, 
we sold, my father sold his business, you know, fast, so 89, 99 uh, consolidations, massive ARS, Blue Dot services, service right. experts, um, you know, Comfort Systems USA, and they were all approaching, and it's reminiscent right now, 20 years later, what's going on. Um, but I, we sold the business. Ultimately, what went under the service experts flag, but it was really under Lennox because Lennox was purchasing service experts at the time, and we had sold Lennox for a number of years. And, um, you know, a couple years into, not even, the first year in, you know, many people probably listening to this, if they were around, know the story. You know, a lot of owners became uh, less enamored with the outcomes of stock and cash and mm -hmm. I'm probably trying to pick the right words there, but hey, I don't blame them. They they said this isn't right or they didn't like the deal that they got and went out and probably to some degree created some of the greatest companies that are out there today. So I had a number of moves. I left my father's business and he was supportive of it because there was other opportunities in the country. And when I was mid-20s, you know, I had been in management basically after through the field. I wanted to go into management, ran you know, service department and install department, um, understood financials, and then, you know, had got my college degree. My dad believed it was important that we did that in case we didn't want to do heating and air conditioning. Where'd you go to school? But, uh, uh, John Carroll University. Yeah, yeah, I'm very yeah, familiar. In uh, suburban, in University Heights, Ohio, and a good business school. And uh, so look, I, I, you know, Lennox calls and says, hey, you know, if anybody's looking to be a GM or has experience, my father didn't want to move. He grew up in Cleveland, didn't want to move. He said, but look, if you, these, some of these opportunities could be great. Well, I, I took a job in ironically, Paul, Denver, Colorado for a company called Jebco. <laughs> yep. That was a com basically a commercial company out in the West. And they gave me a shot at 26 to run 10 million bucks. And it was a, it was a it was a really challenging time, not for me, but for the business. Commercial was looked at differently, and they had bought a mix of commercial and residential businesses. But great experience, great teams. Really got to meet a lot of cool people. But and look, there's been many iterations, and I think Service Experts still to this day is a very good company. They've just had challenges. It seems like with what their path is, and then they figured out, hey, we want to go to residential. Well, when you're running a commercial company, you you kind of see the writing on the wall. No, nothing happened, but the skip to kind of how I got out of Denver was I had never put out a resume. I worked for my father and then I took this job uh, in Denver and I put out a resume onto the internet and like two days later, I get a response and I'll try to shorten this part of the story up. <laughs> no, but no, the person who it answers out. it is a guy who is my father's former partner in a company from Bedford Heights, Ohio, named Alan Mintz. Alan Mintz says, I know Frank DeMarco, or a Frank DeMarco. I'm like, I don't know, this kid's like 26. I don't know if you know him. I'm like, well, look, if it's his son. So I, the offer, the conversation came up from Blue Dot Services. And so I go fly down to Florida. I interview with a guy named Mark Mickelson, who was probably the brightest man I've ever met on the planet. <laughs> he just was, he was a, uh, Harvard law grad. His father was a governor of South Dakota, and he had thought of the concept for Blue Dot um, under Northwestern Energy, the flag, and he basically brought me on and said, hey, I want you to help me work on some really challenged businesses, and uh, worked with a number of guys that I, I haven't talked to in a long time, but Chris LaBeouf, who ultimately bought Dan Howard Plumbing, and I didn't work under Kenny Haynes, but I knew Kenny, and 
Um, you know, I got to know him and Paul Kelly and it was just, you know, I, I all these guys today that run amazing businesses. Right. And um, I got to see some very real, I mean, just unbelievably crazy things. You know, you're meshing, you know, two $20 million companies together and they're doing 15, you know, when you go in there, they're, they're not doing well. Owners have left. You can't find vehicles, inventory is a mess, but the, the learning you could not, you could not compress it or get any better in what my background at the time was. I got to see so many things and meet so many great people. And in that path, uh, even though I didn't, I ultimately blew it out, was divested of by Northwestern. But in that path, I met Dave, Mar Dave Geiger and Mark Aiken. Mm -hmm. And ironically, uh, so I, I bought a business in, and unfortunately they're good for me, but in their uh, Northwestern's divestiture of the blue dot service brands and companies, I bought a company back in Cleveland, Ohio, while, while I was competing with my father, or ironically, <laughs> one of the businesses my father that I had mentioned earlier owned, that he had gotten out of the start his own company to get follow that. Just like the world, the story for me was great. Ran that for about a, a, a year and then sold it off to some partners that I had. And quite honestly, guys, at that point, I was kind of disenchanted with the industry. I thought, is anybody doing this well? Like, it just seems like nobody wants to come into our industry. You know, it's really hard to do. And, you know, I really took a couple months off. I was fortunate. I had done well, but not well enough to do nothing. But I just was trying to figure out, was I going to stay in heating and air conditioning? How and, old were you then, um, Frank? Pardon me? How old were you then? 30. 30 when I sold uh, the company back off to 30, uh, going to be 31. Got so it was it. just before my 31st birthday, I sold that first business. It was about $15 million <laughs> and bought it in a fire sale. Yeah. Uh, thank God for Mark Mickelson. He helped me through the process and just the gr great, got to meet some really great people at Blue Dot. And um, so ultimately... I get a phone call from my father who, you know, I'm talking to on a regular basis is look, Scott Boxer's looking for people to run companies for service Scott. experts. Yep. And I'm like, Dan, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to stay in this. Like, I don't, he's like, look, just, I just told him you might be interested. And um, I ultimately caught up with Scott. They flew me in for an interview and I was part of what they had called a GM fast track class. So you had to go, in order to be a GM for them, although for me, it, you know, I've learned today, nothing's remedial in our industry. You can learn every day, mm -hmm. but it was pretty cool going into guys who were coming from different industries and you got this real camaraderie with them. And today I still talk to a couple of those guys, um, some real, and again, some very good operators, Brian Ott out of service experts. Uh, he's a, he's a, uh, division manager for them. I see him at different meetings from time to time, but he's done very well. Rand Neil Harris and, he was in my class and um, just met some great guys. So I went to run Roland J down upstate New York, um, you know, a balmy seven below zero where I was trying to get into the warm weather. That was my request, by the way. Hey, can you put me somewhere warm? Yeah. You're and, coming uh, off the They lake. said, Frank, I got two choices for you. You want a good opportunity? You want to go somewhere warm? I said, well, could I do both? And he said, well, why don't you go run this? And it was a, it was a great business, just under 20 million. They had a mix of new construction. They owned, Albany from a residential perspective. Roland, I never got to meet, but a great business and great staff there. And took the business to 20. Really, I got there in 05 uh, and ultimately left going at the very, very end of 07. So really only uh, 
two years there, but what a great staff. First year was tough, had a lot of commercial stuff we had to unwind. But boy, the next year we we crushed it. Twenty four million. We we brought in. We were second, I think, to Peachtree in total dollars brought in. Uh, it was just nice. But it's people. These businesses are people. They have to. You have to be dedicated. And look, I, I just love what I do. I mean, because you're getting a you're getting to deal with some of the best best and most dedicated people, in my opinion, doing really difficult jobs that treat businesses like they own them, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And um, from rolling down, I actually did a quick stint at Goodman in the manufacturing side thinking, well, I had a good friend at the time. I still, I haven't talked to Jerry, Jerry Ardrin, who went to work for Goodman and said, hey man, there's a bunch of Lennox guys over here. You might know some of them. <laughs> yeah. You want to be like a regional manager or district. And I thought, okay, I'll get, you know, I should get some different exposure. Uh, Moved to Baltimore, dragging my poor, you know, uh, (laughs) my poor wife at the time, you know, around and and kids. And, but I was chasing a career and she was supportive. Um, Figured out pretty quickly. I didn't really love that. It was just such a different world. Like I'm used to doing a hundred miles an hour at four 30 or 5. AM. Like there's, like I, my life would be boring if there's not, I'm talking to GMs because they know my schedule at five o'clock in the morning right now, <laughs> because we're kicking around ideas and what are you doing in your center and what are your challenges and how can we help with recruiting and hiring? So while I'm at Goodman though, I get a call to go visit Mark Aiken because he thinks he might want to buy Goodman equipment or a man equipment. So, so for some along. context for our listeners, you mentioned yeah. Dave and Mark earlier. Who are yeah. Dave and Mark? And, and yeah, uh, Mark Aiken, Dave Geiger. Uh, Mark, Dave Geiger still, he's the chairman of uh, Horizon. I think they call it Home Services now, but Horizon Services. At the time, Mark, he and Mark were partners and um, doing about $28 million at the end of 08 when I kind of caught up with them. So um I go to lunch with Mark. He's like, yeah, I remember you, Frank, like the blue dot days. I remember your name. And we probably ran across each other at some meetings. And I go to a lunch with him. It takes like three hours. It definitely feels like an interview. <laughs> and anybody who knows Mark Aiken, this guy is Mark. Does, there is no BS with Mark. Dave's the kind of laid back what's fair, but he's, you know, they, they all play this role. Leland Smith and Dave Geiger, by the way, play this role <laughs> that they're, they're like, kind of like, well, you know, I'm really, I'm just a plumber or I'm just, yeah, you guys are just plumbers. Huh? You've done pretty damn well for just being plumbers, you know, but that's what makes them so great. And uh, after lunch, Mark's like, hey, come on over. I want you to see Dave, you know, just want to say hello. I can't really figure out what's going on, but I get a call from Mark after I leave the area and I'm, it's maybe not even five days later. And he goes, hey, Frank, uh, it's Mark Aiken. And uh, he says, you know, look, we, we're sort of interested in the equipment. He's like, but I got to ask you a question. Like I got an opportunity. I want to run by you. And he says, I want you to come run our Pennsylvania location. And I said, well, geez, Mark, I'm kind of caught off guard, but he's like, look, you've got a good background. We like what you do. We want to get this business to $50 million. And I said, well, how much are you doing in, in Philadelphia? He goes, well, I'm only doing like 2 million. We bought a company. Actually, we're not even doing 2 million. We've, we run like four GMs through here and I said, Mark, I have zero interest in running 2 million. Like I've run 25, you know, and he says, okay. He says, but what if I could give you a bigger role and you could be involved with what we're doing in Delaware? And I said, great, I'm interested. Um, I'm moving yet again from, I've (laughs) gone from Baltimore. I got to move back to Cleveland. Now I'm going to go home and tell my wife, hey, I got a great opportunity. 
with Mark Aiken and Dave Geiger at, at, at Horizon Services, but certainly <laughs> the most pivotal decision in my career. Um, yeah. Joined, you know, December 15th, 2008, um, took a VP of operations and sales role and what a business they had built. I mean, it, they, they bought it back. They bought it back from blue dot. And that story is to me in the industry, still one of the greatest stories ever. I mean, the run went from 28 million. I didn't, I did not complete 2014, but I think they ended up over a hundred million just at the end of 14. I mean, you're talking about five years and they didn't buy one company. It was all organic. I mean, People just knew the orange trucks running up and down, you know, the 95, the 202, the connects Delaware and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We had built, started to build out New Jersey. They were going into Maryland and, and to their credit, these guys were just, they were so progressive as to what they wanted to do. They were marketing machines, knew how to make money. But ironically, um, you know, for me, I wanted something bigger we hired a guy who's now the CEO, one very smart guy, not from the industry, Charlie Haynes. Charlie's been really good. He's had a different perspective, came from Home Depot, um, still a good contact for me to have today. Um, just great people, but Mark and Dave were a polar opposite personalities, but it's what drove the business. Sure. And we were in Pennsylvania, I think that number, we date when I joined, he said, Frank, I want to do 25 million in Pennsylvania in five years. We did 55 million in five. I mean, just insane growth. And to their credit, we that business was not very profitable to start because we were dumping a lot in marketing. And mm-hmm. by year three, we had started to overtake the profits um, that I recall in Delaware. So you had these two locations and they said, well, look, we're adjacent to New Jersey. Let's go there. We can do this again. And the key was we kept taking what we call the DNA, somebody out of those businesses who wanted an opportunity to open up something else. And they knew the horizon way. They knew what the expectations were. Um, they knew we, you know, just, we had high expectations and we weren't going to apologize one for our pricing or two for what those expectations were, but you better deliver to the customer all day, every day. And so certainly the biggest stop on my resume and I credit Dave to this day. I mean, I, you know, he's a, he's a mentor to me. He's a friend. He also is a friend of Leland Smith. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I got to sit at some dinners and I, I got to sit with those guys and it was just great because, you know, as I made my way West, um, I, Dave was nice enough after I left them. I didn't really know what I want to do, but I want to be an owner. And Dave didn't commit to anything when I left. I, I was not going to compete with them, but they were very, I think they were very happy with, you know, what I had done and helped build the business. But there was a lot of great people. Charlie, Charlie Haynes coming on was huge for the business. Um, but I wanted to be an owner and they just ha- didn't have a situation where they, at that time where they could do that for me. And I ended up, have looking at a couple of different options and I ended up moving back out to Denver, Colorado, back to the Rockies. Colorado. They and, call you. Yeah. Yeah. I was still trying to get to the warm weather. I didn't have that one figured out, <laughs> uh, yet, but, um, you know, had a, 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 a good company that, um, did a lot of big box work that the, you know, the, the thought was they wanted to sell the company. And then Dave came back in my life and said, Hey, if you need help and you want to buy that, I'm willing to help you. 
this is a man that doesn't owe me any, I mean, he doesn't owe me anything, but says, I'll help you. And um, ultimately good run there, met some fantastic people still, still I'm in contact with John Mizoraka. And I mean, really just, he's better friend than I, he is, he's certainly a better friend to me, always stays in contact. What are you doing? What's going on? Um, he really was the cat helped grow that business good with relationships. And we took that business from roughly 12 million to 22 million in about 14 months. That's where we met. That's where Um, we we, met. We were lucky, you know, it was, it was cool though. You got to have the right people again to do it. Um, and at the end of the day, that, that opportunity just didn't pan out. It, it was, it was tough. Um, but you know, here's how life works. You know, it, if that had panned out, maybe I'd be in the position I'm in, but maybe not. And, sure. um, it didn't pan out. Uh, I had, I was already West. Dave was trying to help get that deal done. It didn't, you know, he, he, he again, he, there was nothing else to buy in Denver. Yeah. I reached out to some contacts I had at Lenox and they said, look, we got a company in LA that thinks that they want to sell their business or at least help them get bid organized, big business, 30 million, um, doing a lot of big box work. Yep. And, um, you know, now I've got to tell, by the way, my wife, again, we're moving now from Denver <laughs> to Los Angeles, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're in Boulder, which is gorgeous, but you're going to LA and it's just like a different, it's, it's a beast, you know, and you have two girls at this point, right? Uh, three, three, three girls, three, three. Oh. Yeah. Three, um, you know, I, I hope my kids turn out to be, you know, hopefully more worldly after all these moves and, (laughs) you know, but, uh, you know, as a parent, you're wondering at the time, like, is this, are you doing the right things? But I knew inside I was, I could do something more and I just didn't, it just, the pieces weren't lined up. A lot of people say, why'd you leave horizon? And I said, look, it was great. I just, I knew I could do something more. Yeah. And, uh, I spent about 18 months. I recon- I've been talking to Dave. Dave says, look, is there something for you to buy in LA? And I said, yeah, I got a company that I identified and it's in near Beverly Hills. And, um, you know, I think it's a six, $7 million business that really should be doing 10. I just know how to get it there. He says, okay, well, I'm willing to help you out. At that time, Dave had just done his deal with Sun Capital. And he was really the first, they were 130 million and probably the first big deal, maybe Wrench was already moving Kenny and those guys, but they, they was probably the next big private equity deal that we kind of got on the radar. Ultimately, Dave was just couldn't, he, you know, look, there's contractual obligations with these things. You know, you can't just, mm-hmm. he couldn't compete even if it was as a friend, you know, he just couldn't come in. So he said, Frank, I, I'd love to help you. I'm sorry. I said, Dave, once again, you don't owe me anything, but he said, listen, I want you to call a guy should call Leland Smith. <laughs> Boy, you talk about an interesting phone call. Um, you know, I'm asking to borrow like four or $5 million to buy a company. <laughs> you know, I come out of Denver. I'm, you know, it was a, you know, bit of a challenging time. I didn't have a lot of money at the time and thought, well, this is going to be good. So to Leland Smith's credit, man, he, he picks up the phone. He says, Frank, yeah, we had dinner. I remember you and you guys, you did really well. He says, look, why don't you tell me what you're trying to do? I'll never forget the first conversation. I said, well, I want to buy a company. I want to grow it and sell it. He says, okay. He said, uh, you know, and Leland, anybody who knows Leland Smith, there's never a bad word to say about him. And probably for that matter, in my opinion, Dave Geiger. 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, those are the two names that come up that are just held at such a high yeah. esteem. If you, if you, look, I've been so lucky to be around these two. Um, you just can't say enough good things yeah. about them. But, you know, you run across many owners that people always have something to say, not these two. They're just, yeah. they're, true, they are true. honest. They, they are men of their word and they're fair. Mm-hmm. So Leland, I said, Leland, you know, I need, I think it was like $4 million I needed. And instead of Leland, like hanging up the phone, he's like, like if he knew Leland, like I know him, Leland was, I didn't know him that well at the time. But he's like, we could do that. He's like, but maybe there's a way to do it, not spending 4 million. And that's when he said, what are you trying to do? I said, well, I think I'm an owner. And so we kept talking for a couple of months. That was at the end of 17 going into 18. And by the spring of 18, basically he said, tell you what, I'll get you where you want to get to. And he literally had me write some numbers on a paper, like where I want to get in my life. And uh, he said, we will partner. You're going to earn your way. He said, but know this, Frank, I'm used to walking down the hallway and fixing stuff. If I got to drive up to LA, you're not my guy. And I said, well, look, he says, Dave speaks highly of you. And I know your reputation, you know, with these businesses and being able to grow them. He says, and I have the money to grow them. And he wasn't arrogant about it. He just knew how to make money in this industry. Um. But to make that money, you have to, you have to have impeccable customer service. And, you know, he, he backs up what he says, but anyway, he said, look, I'll, I'll work it out with you. So that was that I joined May. I actually came down for a lunch with him on, I think it was May 4th. And on the seventh was a Monday and it was my first day of 2018. He says, look, introduces me to the management group on Friday. He says, Frank, I want you to spend time in Brea before we get up to LA and we'll start looking for a building. He said, but you know, Leland's favorite phrase is a trust, but verify. I'd say it's his favorite one. And he'd say, you know, Frank, I was lucky to be around people that would let me look at their business. I always wanted to be better. And one common theme with Leland and Dave Geiger is they never thought their businesses were running at an optimum level. They were never arrogant about how big or how profitable they, they just were not that way. In fact, they quite honestly were the opposite. How could we do more? How could we make it better? And while they're proud of what they do, they were never arrogant. Like there's nothing to fix here. And that's what to me is why they're both, you know, arguably worth what they're worth. And they have to me, two of the best brands while there's many, that's not an insult that, but two of the best known brands in the country and, and are well-known as people. But um, he let me just walk around the office and it was day two. I'm listening to calls in the call center because the office I have is sitting basically by it. And Leland, you know, I didn't want to bother him. I was new. And there was a GM and an operations manager here. And um, Leland says, so what do you think? And I said, well, I, I think you have some opportunity. You know, people sound really good, but they're not connecting. And Leland has a very detailed system. Like Horizon was detailed. Leland Smith systems that he learned from CSG, he does not deviate. He will not 
22,000 paying monthly customers, you know, for, you know, Justin Brea. I mean, he is, it's a machine. Your technicians cannot earn a bonus unless they are at, you know, one in every two opportunities they walk into, they better walk out with a, you know, with, you know, a club agreement. And that philosophy is just so, so hard to replicate if you don't start from day one. And by the way, guys, we're in Southern California. I grew up in Ohio. Like there's weather extremes. Let's same thing for day. I mean, there's, there's swings. It's, it's below zero as, as many people are probably just get done experiencing. And then it's, and then it's 95 and humid, but in between those troughs are really hard to make up the gap. Like it's hard to keep the business busy. 22,000 paying service agreements. You got basically 44,000 visits to run if the phone doesn't ring one more time. Amazing. Just a, a ridiculously beast. Just a setup that, and then the level of detail at every single spot in the business. Dispatchers aren't people that just get people around the cities for us. They're checking eight or nine boxes with, did the guy take the pictures? And, you know, like, and they're, they are they are triaging every call for their group of technicians. They roll up through a service manager, so they're a team. And Leland was just brilliant with these setups. And to his credit, what he would say is, we had better operate and perform at a very high level. And we're going to, you know, very openly, we're going to compensate at a very high level. And he said, Leland uses also a phrase, and he says, I don't want to get fired for not paying well. You can fire me for not liking accountability. You can fire me for, you know, us challenging with our core values, but you're not, you shouldn't fire me for pay. And, and we're also very, you know, we better be doing the right things for the customers. So we, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm walking through the business. Sorry, I got off topic there, but I'm walking no. through the business. I listen to the call center. I tell them there's opportunity. Leland uses a couple of expletives and says, so you mean my, co- <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is it's effed up. And I said, well, no, I didn't say that. You know, I'm there the third day, second day, and he said, listen, I want you to dig into some other stuff. Feel, just look around, whatever else you want. So I just started kind of checking around the business. And, um, you know, there was just some, he knew his business could do better. It was doing very well. And they had a really smart guy as a GM, but that GM kind of didn't, I want to be careful because he was a, you know, a, a smart guy, but he, he didn't have that industry or that thought of how to really hold that accountability at levels in the business, meaning you can't advance in our company unless you've hit certain metrics. Like we just don't do it because we like you. We, we probably like you, but we'd like you to advance because you've hit the metrics. And ultimately Leland came to me by mid-year. So you gotta imagine I join in May, early May, and by September, he says, listen, I know we had a deal about us opening in LA and I still want to do that. And I'm, I'm good if you want to do that, but I want you to run Brea. I think you, I think you can get us to the next level with the team we have. And he had hired, uh, so our four, our C, you know, our executive management team is our CFO, Daniel Ham. Again, good friend of mine. He was on, you know, a year and a half before me brilliant, does M&A, understands numbers and trends. Um, again, I mentioned it earlier to you guys, teaches me stuff about what to look at, even though I know the industry very well, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, Katie Stern, our chief marketing officer, she's helped build the brand of Service Champions. And, and really with Leland, 
done an amazing job. She also knows every everything operationally about the business. And um, and then Leland and myself, and that's our executive management team. But so on October 5th, he, he took a pretty brave move. I mean, in my opinion, um, he made me at the time, the general manager, he exited the current GM and the operations manager. Now this is a guy running a very profitable business that most people would say, why are you rocking the, like, why would you do that? And the one thing I think I differed you know, I didn't get to know that GM, unfortunately, a lot, but the business needed more Leland Smith, not less of it. Leland is this really dynamic. He's funny. He's great to be around, but he has very high expectations. And you better not show up to a meeting with this man without being prepared. And I don't mean prepared like some numbers, like you better be dialed in because he'll, he already knows the answer to the question. The guy works seven days a week, seven days a week he's at it. Not all day. I mean, I don't mean like he's just grinding. He's just, he's in his business to this day, seven days a week and he loves it. So that's October 5th. I take over. We have one of the toughest months we'd had in the company's history. We came off, come off of two really good months, at least in uh, July was a, you know, $5 million month at the time. August was another 5 million. Just, you know, that was their goal. They had this big, big goal to hit 5 million it starts to slump in September, gets worse in October. And Leland, you know, our business is used to making money year round. We don't have like, there's no such thing as a losing month. Like it just doesn't operate that way. And he said, Frank, you know, I, I take over on October the 50th. He says, I don't ever want to have a month like this again. Now it wasn't directed at me. I had just taken over, but you, you don't want to disappoint this guy. And we turned around, changed some pay plans, changed some things. And man, we just hit this thing just dead on the screws, Not, grew it in November, December, January, February, just we were up 30% in each one of those months, started to really reconnect with the technicians, really got the camaraderie between technicians and salespeople so that they weren't just in silos, they had to work together and again, people in relationships. And uh, then came May 13th of 2019 where, um, we were purchased by a private equity company called uh, Center Oak Partners out of Dallas, Texas. And it was a great transaction for everybody. You know, it really was. These, they had a goal. They wanted to add businesses. Um, we, were, we were the platform. Good for Leland Smith and his family. I mean, you know, can't get into the numbers, but certainly sure. a, a very, very good transaction for him. But for Leland... It just wasn't, it's never enough. And I don't mean that in this, like he, he's not ever happy. Mm-hmm. He just knows that people can do more and, you know, just get out of your head and quit your limiting beliefs and all that, you know, those phrases. And um, so we took the business where there was another business actually purchased before us up in Santa Rosa, uh, which is under our fold today called More Home Services. So there was just us and, and More Home Services. So I think we were about I want to guess that roughly 45 million plus Santa Rosa was about 20 million. So 65 million in May. And we, we really didn't do any acquisitions then COVID hit. Uh, and then we invested in Bell Brothers, a uh, great company up in Sacramento. Yeah. And that was it. Like we didn't really do anything until mid year. Cause because people were trying to figure out what was going to happen. What everybody found out was the great businesses excelled. And so 20 months later, 
and on December 31st, 2020, we closed the deal at, you know, a, what we were told is, is certainly at just about 265 million with a, what we were told is the most significant bottom line in the industry. <laughs> and, um, transactions now with Odyssey Investment Partners, just a absolutely kick-ass private equity firm based in New York. They have an office in LA. They they had been studying the industry and they just have the CEO has been doing it, you know, this for 30 years. And um, you know, was it was a it was a, you know, probably what was normally a four or five month due diligence process, we crammed into 60 days, you know, Daniel Ham, I don't think slept our CFO. I mean, literally it was like, it looked like one of those movies where you just come in and people were like taking turns, like with their shift. And, uh, you know, Daniel, poor guy was like, he's got triplets, you know, at home, he's oh, we're on the phones, you know, because everybody's working hard to get this done. But we just couldn't be happier. Odyssey gets it. They they want us to run the business. They love our model, our training program. We think we have a better mousetrap. Not that we're the only plat, you know, the or the only way to do it, but we're training all of our employees. We're taking people off the street and running them through a training program and building our own staff. Leland started that 13 years earlier. Said, Frank, I just can't hire within the industry. It's just too painful. Not that there aren't great people in the industry, but to teach people what we do our tune-up, our, our, you know, our interpersonal connection with, you know, the, the customer when you get to the door and pressed white shirts and navy blue pants. And look, a lot of the great companies have that model. We're not the only ones. But when you bring somebody in who doesn't know the industry, the only thing they know then is what you teach them. And then create a pay plan that, that really alters their trajectory of their, of their life. We like that recipe. And, um, you know, so it was um, it was a great 20 month run, really exciting. Odyssey uh, is, I'm again, we're we're not even quite 60 days in. Just love dealing with them. They they are highly intelligent. A lot of industry or a lot of you know acquisition experience in a multitude of industries. Um, just great partners to be with. They they believe in what do you need to get to that next level, and what's really going to be fun is watching and seeing, you know, Dave Geiger and his group and Charlie Haynes and Kenny Haynes and, and now, you know, the Turnpoint group and, and, you know, um, you know, Apex and look, it, it's pretty cool to see what's going on. I wonder where it's going to end up. I've <laughs> yeah. seen more in just, you know, just a few years, like we said this, like yep. my father still says today, back in the consolidation late nineties, you've seen more changes in the last five than I probably did in the first 30. <laughs> For and sure. and that statement couldn't be more true today. You have these very well run, uh, not just us, these other groups. And we know that, you know, everybody's got their own kind of nuance to it. But boy, it, it it's really going to be interesting to see where this goes, because we believe we believe we can get to a billion dollars, one through acquisition and and organic. and organic yeah. growth. But I'm sure these other guys think that you can. And when you look at how much market share we really only have today, with as right. big as all of us are, yep. we're still probably less than 10% in any of our markets. And I include Dave and us and, and the guys that I know or where the companies are from Wrench. And you think the sky's the limit, but you have to, I can't say it enough in this conversation, guy of great people. So, boy, I went long-winded no. on the history there, guys. So no, it was great. Go through it, but it's fun to, it's fun to walk through 
I've just been, you know, I've been, been really blessed and lucky and just worked hard um, and, and have a lot of people to be thankful that I got to run across. But um, I think I emphasize most of them here on this yeah. call. Yeah, you did. And so actually I thought it was, that was fantastic because you covered quite a bit of ground during that. <laughs> you did. It was which, great. Which is exactly what we wanted. And Paul, I know you want to say something before I get into that. I just want to say um, there's, there's some of that I did know, some of it I didn't know. So it was kind of cool for me to, to hear your path too. Ironically, Paul also being from Ohio went to uh, Colorado as well on his journey. Um, I don't remember when that came into play, Paul, but I remember you remember you leaving and going to Colorado and they, uh, with Corey, I mean, like, well, we don't have a whole lot, but I think we're going to make this move to Colorado or something. Yeah, I mean, we, like, literally had nothing. <laughs> had wife. to borrow money to get out there. Yeah, it was crazy. So, our, so which, um, what, that was kind of off the topic, but um, what is, what's neat about this is, and then and this will segue into my question, but I want, and then, Paul, I don't want, I know you you have some things you want to say. No, but, no, it's okay. Um, I think it's important to understand, or for the listeners to understand, um, my path crossed with Frank in Denver. And, um, and I was able to see what Frank was about because I got to come and spend time with you. And you gave a shout out to John Mizaraka. So shout out to Miz. Um, we got to get him on here, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, he'll be texting me as soon as he hears it, he's going to hang up in Texas right away to be like, I'm ready to book. <laughs> um, but we had, uh, I got to see how Frank rolls and his level of aggressiveness and, um, and, and really how genuine he, he is. Like, this isn't him. This isn't lip service. And like he's talking about Dave. And he's talking about Leland, um, how super genuine he is, but he was super sharp. And I think I'm pretty sure it was me, you and Miz in a meeting. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I get brought in to, to create a, basically a, uh, how do we blow up add-on replacement and service, uh, for this company? And this is the guy that's going to run the ship. And then, and, but we hit it off and we were yeah. super like-minded, super competitive and man, we had a great run <laughs> up yeah. there together. And so, uh, obviously, if it wasn't great, we probably wouldn't be friends. But it was, fortunately, so it worked out well. But I was able to see kind of uh, what you know what Frank is about and his level of aggressiveness, but also understand um, how and, and you, you you say it without saying it how actual intelligent Frank is, how much he really understands the business. Now, what's key in this is. He had some great leadership, as he's telling you. Um, not even really with just your father. Like, that's kind of where it started is with, you know, with the, the family business. But then you went, to, you know, you got inv- the whole Blue Dot group of guys like yeah, Kenny yeah. and um, yeah. Dave. And, like, that group is uh, comes up in almost every story at some point in time. Like, there's yeah. they're all over the place. But I think uh, – you like when I try to conceptualize whenever like I'm, I'm I'm literally trying to visualize you walking down the halls at service champions saying like, okay, I'm going to go focus on this today. I'm going to go focus on that today. You've got to know what you want to focus on. So I'm like, when I think like, well, how does he know? Like why, why is Leland okay with just saying, all right, Frank, man, go check out this and tell me what you think. Like, and I'm like, well, where the hell does Frank's mind go? Like where's, <laughs> Is he thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to the CSRs. I'm going to go into um, dispatching. I'm going to go in, whatever. Like, uh, what's he doing? But you learned from some of the best in yeah. the industry. And yeah. did you find did you find from them some specific things that you're like, I learned this from these guys, and this is something I absolutely, you knew you were going to implement when you bought a company or before you went with Leland or whatever. 
and now that you've been with Leland, is there like a few characteristics that you can share with our listeners that you, without question, are things that like this is something I took away from them that I actually that I implement today that you can do at any size company? You know, um, boy, Chris, it's a great question. I mean, when I think about it, believe it or not, it's probably not as much a metric type of it. I mean, all of these great companies, like, you know, there's that infamous or famous phrase, facts are stubborn things. And what I learned from all them was, which the foundation came from my dad, but was like, again, I, I said it numerous times. First, it's a people business. And what we have found as the businesses scale is that unfortunately, in some cases, the business will pass people by. And what the what I have learned, what I would say is the great business owners, and there's many, many of them today, and we've named a lot of them uh, and, and many more out there, they realized that they had to make tough decisions, not to say that they had to just go fire people, but had to have difficult conversations with people that had been with them that had helped get them from scratch to eight or 10 million. And there's these breaks. The one thing I would say is Chris, what I've learned is there's kind of breaks where the businesses can, you know, they can kind of get to like 10 million and then they kind of teeter. They, they, they either figure out how to get to the path to 25 or they just kind of hang around 10. And then they start to get into that 25 range And now you have to start eyeing how to be 50 million and you have to invest and you have to have the right people and you have to have a mindset that is world-class customer service, um, deliver what you say you're going to deliver, but you've got to have great people. And I would say, you know, this is a common theme. One, and I said this earlier, this is a really a collective. I can't say any one person. We are unapologetic for being a premium priced brand in the market um, and having high expectations. And I notice I said premium priced, I didn't say expensive because you have to deliver to the customer what has the bar is so low most of the, you know, in most of the industry. Um, and that's not to say people aren't, don't have good companies, but they right. just, they were, they were people from the industry that tried to start a company and good for them. They tried to do something, but, to me, the theme is you, you have to have great people. You you have to be fair. You have to give them a path, but mostly don't be afraid to challenge yourself and your staff on a daily basis. And um, the the companies that I don't see grow or where I go in there is I say, well, you know, this is a really good guy. He's been with us for 25 years, but he doesn't really get us where we need to get to. Those are the ones, those to me are the difference makers in the businesses. Um, You know, I think, you know, hopefully I'm answering your question, but to me, I could rattle through just like all the great operators can, what the metrics you want to look at and margins you want to achieve. But really it gets down to, are you making the difficult decisions in your business? Even when the business appears to be performing pretty well, but they had the foresight to know that they have to do something different if they want to get to the next level. And those are the things I've learned to pick out. And then when you get the experience, certainly seeing it from horizon, but I did get to see it rolling down and I did get to see it, you know, um, certainly with Mark and Dave wrote a, wrote, you know, to me wrote a, a textbook on how to grow a business without purchasing, but 
some other guys did too. I mean, look, Ken with Cool Ray and, yep. you know, um, certainly Parker and Sons with Paul Kelly. I mean, just they also surrounded themselves with smarter minds and, and again, were humble. And I think the lessons for me are be humble, think you can learn every day, challenge the business, challenge your staff. Those are more of the things I go into the business with. Yeah, I can sit down at pretty much any yeah. position. Doesn't mean I can do it as well as our staff does, but I can pick out what's wrong with an install coordination department, a dispatch department, um, you know, sales or pricing or margin. I mean, yeah, we most of us that are at these levels can do that. What are you going to do? And are you out ahead of it all the time? Are you thinking three, six, nine, and 12 months ahead? Those are the big lessons. And by the way, guys, you have to treat your business very well and have the cash to grow the business. If yep. you don't have that, it's just a pipe dream because these these suckers chew up, they chew up money. There's massive payrolls and 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 yes, you make the money, but you have to collect your money. And <laughs> kind of so important. Hopefully I'm answering that, yeah. Chris. I don't want to not say that there's not things I look at, but yeah. it's the core, it's the foundation is staff, how's it run and challenge yourself to be better. And, and the, the, probably the biggest piece to that for me is you heard me joke earlier about my title. I, I, I don't really like it. The four of us that are on our executive team, wish we didn't have them. We, we, we closed the door and it Leland Smith says, he's, he says, I am a vote. I'm not the vote. And, and we, we will overrule him. And I say that in a, let's think about it. Maybe we should look at it a different way. And to his credit, he doesn't just say, well, I'm the CEO. You have to earn people's respect in this industry. You, you, that is just the flat out facts. You cannot walk in and say, don't you know I'm the new GM or don't you know I'm the new owner? You will lose people so quickly. You, you can't even, that is, a that is, you know, Odyssey said, what's the risk to the business? It's people. Mm, yep. People have to believe and trust and think it's fair. So that's my answer that, to that. That part. hits it. Yeah, you. I want to go a little deeper on this because you mentioned it twice about having world-class customer service. Can you give some examples of what that means for someone listening today who may not be um, very strategic in how they're doing that today? Yeah, um, it's, again, another another good question. I think when you put that phrase out there, Horizon, you know, was a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Leland Smith is happy money guarantee and, uh, you know, all the great companies have some version. I could tell you this, Leland Smith, you know, when it gets to his desk and this was Mark and Dave, you know, their on-time guarantee. If you weren't on time, the call was free, free. Wow. By the way, you didn't have to wait for the customer to ask you. Those owners had an expectation that you said, you know, I, I apologize, uh, Mr. Yano, we're, we're a minute late. This calls for free on us. Like that was their expectation. We are honest. We are going to deliver what's on our marketing. But Leland would say, look, you have multiple levels in your organization to make people happy. We believe we had better deliver the best product and service that's out there. And if somebody calls up disappointed, how can we fix it at the point of attack from the call coming in? We may not think it was the best decision, but we can coach that, Right. If it's money or something else, I have had to go out on calls and I don't do it really anymore today, but our GMs get out of your mind that you're going to argue with the customer about what the amount is. You said, are they happy or aren't they? And I know there's going to be people listening to this podcast that say, well, that's real easy to say, 
Leland really doesn't care what the number is. What he cares is that did we fix the problem going forward? It doesn't matter there you whatever ticket now we don't do many of them but but we want our customers happy it could be a service call for $200 that they felt like we, you know, they just didn't get what they thought and it could be $20,000 that they just weren't happy with, you know, a scratch in the floor or something we have human beings working in residential homes, yep. you know, thousands and thousands of calls a month. When that person calls up and they're unhappy our job is to make them happy and don't get your ego in the way. Good. of who's right and wrong. That's good. Yep. Just check your ego when you come in. I know it's hard. Your name's on that business. And I am talking to those people listening on to this. Put all that aside because Leland Smith and Dave Geiger do it. They say how I'm sorry. Actually, I'm embarrassed, Mr. Yano, that we, that you didn't get our best foot forward. What can we do? And then by the way, not just satisfy them, you know, cliche, wow them, yep. make them exceptionally happy. So when they say, you know what? We may have had an issue with service champions, but boy, they did everything right. It's it, something's going to happen with the size of these businesses. What do you do to make it right? I just challenge all the owners or anybody listening is to say, don't haggle over the number. And you're going to say, Frank, that's easy to say. I've got to write a $20,000 check. You know what? If you, if you are doing all the things you believe in who you say you are, you're going to get somebody somewhere that theoretically you believe down deep. I can't even say took advantage of you, but knows what that is. I've, I've listened to Leland yeah. Smith on a phone call say, just pay me what's fair. If you don't believe in what we deliver, that is not how this business is designed. Pay me what's fair. And some people you believe it or not would actually just are happy and pay the money. Some people say, I'm not going to pay anything. You know what? Leland doesn't stay up all night saying, the hell with this person. This person's crazy. What he says is, what can we do better? That is his first response. What can we do better as a business? If all of our industry did that and had that outlook, they I'm not saying they don't have successful yeah. businesses, but that's the outlook you have to have. That is world-class. Fix it. Fix it right. Fix it as fast for the first time as you can. And, you know, be when you say that satisfaction, you say happy money guarantee, you better deliver on it. That's great. Um, question. I want to talk about consolidation from the past. Um, sure. It comes up on our show often. People kind of refer to that period of time. And I will say they look back at it with um, such positivity, right? Um, what's different about the what's going on in the market now compared to that period of time? And what yeah. did the what did everybody learn from that period of time that, that they're applying to this Era. Yeah, I'll give you my take. I mean, and you got some guys in there who lived it, you know, you, you guys are very friendly with a number of these guys. But I would say, one of the things that's happening today is one, at least from our perspective, we want to buy businesses that, you know, align with who we are as a core and are good businesses. And, mm -hmm. and I think consolidation in the past, there was kind of this money grab back in the late 90s, where it was just, they were just buying everything. They were buying a $2 million guy in you know, Lima, Ohio, you know, that was like, just, it wasn't connected to a market. It was never going to be 10 million, you know, right. but they had money flowing and, and, and then they, you know, maybe said, Hey, they believed it. You're going to get stock and some cash. And this is a way that, you know, this is a much more, this is using a scalpel rather than a machete. And it is, we are going to find well-run businesses. We're going to find management teams that really understand and are passionate about their companies. 
And, and I think this goes across all the people we know that are doing it. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're going to pay some dollars. We're, we're going to probably get some reinvestment of some of those dollars we give them, but they're going to be very well off in their life, but enough to be passionate and then help the management team stay secure so that they have a passion for getting to the next level. And you'd be surprised how many of those people have great ideas, even though the owners were great, they have their own ideas on how to move the business forward and, and want to be better and want to learn. And so one, you know, we're not buying broken stuff. We're just, we're not investing in that. That's just, that's just too hard to, to deal with and then say, well, but I got a great deal on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How much time did you spend fixing it? How great. <laughs> Let me ask a question about that. That's a really good point about not buying broken stuff. Now you mentioned that both Dave and Leland always viewed their business as it could get better. So I yeah. imagine the majority of people listening to this are like, Oh my gosh, if you walked in my shop and if you only yeah. knew right about these things, um, what are some of those things you see? What are some of those things that, um, you know, listeners or potential sellers should be thinking about in their yeah. business? And, and, and how do they get rid of the insecurity around that? Well, well, first off, you know, look, Leland and Dave, and again, I keep mentioning the group, but specifically, you know, I deal with Leland and he's just, he has such a unique outlook like Dave on the business. Leland thinks his business is broken every day. Like he's like, you know, this is a guy with one of the most successful businesses out there, but, but he has people that surround him that also think, how can we be better? Mm -hmm. I think people should drop their insecurity because you don't know what you don't know. If you haven't associated with a business or don't know any different, it's not your, it's not your fault. It, it, you just, you, you haven't seen it or yep. thought of a better way to do it. Um, to me, you know, the big winners are have a, have a maintenance, a paying maintenance or club base that you can deliver great customer service to. So they have to have those agreements because that's helps when you have those calls to go run, it takes the, peaks and troughs out of the business or, or it flattens them at least, or, or takes the sharp yep. you know, peaks and valleys out. Yep. That's one. Two is, you know, assess and make sure that you are making at least a double digit profit to us. That is a bare minimum double. Like if you, that's not to say you're running your business poorly. It's just to say, I would challenge you on where your pricing is and how your labor is. And do you have a better you know, type of program for labor and incentives to help drive the business. Does it all align? Leland has this philosophy, you know, among many I've already mentioned of, Hey, we invite people in all the time. We're glad to share what we have, but if you walk in this business and you walk into, you know, just our, our location this year's, you know, 85 million. If you walk in here and you're a $5 million business, you'll just, your, your eyes will roll back in your head from all the detail. What we say is, Look, take one or two things back with you. We're glad to keep helping you. Take one or two things that you think are key and implement those and get your staff to, to buy into them. And if they don't, then that's that conversation we had earlier about, do, are you sure you have the right person? Mm -hmm. um, but, but a club base for sure, look at your margins and where your pricing really needs to, to be to earn that double digit profit. Don't be afraid of charging um, the customer, and, and I want to be careful with this. I'm going to use that word again, a premium. If you don't deliver a premium and you're charging that way, in my opinion, you are ripping people off because you, you were just selling something that doesn't have support to it. Yeah. That, that to me is 
that is not a way you can get the business because what will happen is the the customers today, especially with online, will just they'll they'll pick you apart. Yeah. Because because they can and they're right. Um, we have an obligation to deliver a premium service and product. And we are constantly pushing the envelope on what more we can offer. Um, at the end of the day, yes, we are a for-profit business. Yep. But I would challenge people to look at your margins, look at your club base. And, and if you have people that are closed-minded and say, we can't do that, that's that earlier conversation. I would say, do you, do you have the right person or at least are they in the right seat? Can I segue a little bit of uh, to talk about kind of what you do day to day now? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. I know I just cut you off. It's okay. I'm gonna end so, just so just so it's clear. I'm gonna. End, I think we're about a little over an hour in, which is okay, as okay. long as it's okay with you, Frank. But um, yeah. there's some good stuff coming from this. I want to end with M and A. So if it's not going along that, yep. Okay. It's pointing in that direction for sure. Okay. So uh, Frank, my my question is, you know, the landscape is super competitive now. I mean, yeah. I heard through the grapevine that your most recent acquisition had like a hundred offers. I hear from my <laughs> clients all the time that they're going to get into this game. They're going to buy one here and buy one there. They're yep. going to get into it. Yep. Um, how do you position yourself from a competitive standpoint when it's not as simple as just adding more money to the deal? I mean, there's a lot of relationship element to this and savviness. So um, if you're comfortable sharing that, like yeah. how, how do you position yourself? I think it's a, you know, it's certainly um, look, this is again reminiscent of the late 90s Dif different models but reminiscent um the reality is i'm lucky i'm i get to come to work you know as i've i've touted already with a with a leland with leland smith who's just been in the industry a long time and he's had relationships and it's is great as our our private equity partner is and they're fantastic um but imagine getting random calls every day from outfits. And, and it's true. They, they're just, now there's everybody in the game. Everybody is a private equity firm or yep. for sure. What we feel is we want to talk about our philosophy, where we can get owners. We want to talk about our philosophy and what helps, you know, where do they see their business going and do they want to align with what we're doing? And is there, many of them are reinvesting dollars back into this. And, and are we good stewards, all of us, I am one, Leland, we are all investors. Are we good stewards of our own dollars and those investment dollars? And I think when you get some real conversations with people, at least where we win, we're not going to connect with everybody. Some people are just, just what's the best dollar amount? Don't get me wrong. We, you, you need to be competitive. You can't be half the price. Sure. Um, what I would say is, for us, what well, last year was a very good year. We have high expectations on this year, but last year drove a lot of businesses kind of to some peaks. What's going to be interesting, in my opinion, is can everybody maintain that pace? We feel quite strongly we can, um, but the reality is we had some big, you know, what we comp year over year numbers. This is really going to sort out. And boy, if that number goes the other way for some of these companies, that conversation and not in for us is going to be a bad one. It's just going to be, Hey, let's be realistic as to what's happening here. Mm -hmm. But look, we want to tell our story and tell them where we're going. Um, we are, we are, um, we know we're the largest in California. We think we're the largest specifically in the West. Um, you know, we're, we'll be nearly 400 million by mid year. 
um, really, really solid businesses and some, we want to, we want to get market leaders where we can and then build off of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, back to that question, we just want to tell our story. We're not going to be a fit for everybody. Right. But the relationship with Mm -hmm. Leland um, and look, fortunately for me, I've got to know some people mostly more back East than here, but it's the relationship piece. It's not just a, Hey, here's a number. Let's get you a letter of intent. It's, Hey, learn about us and we want to learn about you. And they're not all fits. You have to kiss a lot of frogs for sure to do this. Um, And we know that there's going to be people that are going to purchase just whatever to purchase it. Um, Unfortunately, there will be some of those deals not being pessimistic that won't pan out from for a number of those owners because they, again, they didn't know what they didn't know. And somebody showed up and offered them, you know, something. So landscape incredibly competitive um we like our chances on on growth and acquisition again you have to have a partner like we have with odyssey that is is looking at as as this is a marathon for them we want to you know consistently methodically add great businesses as investments you know really under us and let them keep operating but then apply that that same foundational piece if they don't already have it, which they all really do that we look at. And then how do we build or fill in the gaps kind of from our playbook to theirs? We don't want to revamp the company. We don't want to tear it down. We don't want to destroy. We we just know. And most of those people that resonates with them in the diligence process, right? Because it would flush out if they didn't agree. Right. So it's the relationship piece. You're absolutely right. Listen, we've, we've won some deals, at least from what has been explained to us um, investment wise on paying less, but our formula is a little bit different long-term yep. for a reinvestment component. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've, we've lost a few because maybe, but what our goal is to never really lose any that we really, really want sure. that. And, um, can I say we've actually lost any deals? I wouldn't say we've lost any, I would say we were either late to a game you know, we're late to the party. And, um, but we are pretty, we're a high batting average, high, high batting average when we get to letter of intent, because we've, we've had enough dialogue to know we align. Um, but, you know, for people thinking about it, look, when somebody reaches out, just make sure that they're, they are a legitimate, well-backed organization. Um, and that they have, um, the means to support what you want to do with your business. Yep. But you asked a question earlier, Paul, I just want to go back to, which is, Hey, there's a lot of great businesses out there. Some with tons of potential that they just don't know how to unlock it. If you're interested, you know, boy, reach out to some, I mean, we, we, we reach out to us, you know, like, let's, let's go through it and tell you if it's not today, what you could work on. We're glad to share advice. We, we don't, ironically, it might drive that premium up down the road or for somebody, but we want to help people. That's, that's Leland's, that is who Leland Smith, I'm going to use Dave. He's not on this, but I, and I, but I mean, they want to just genuinely help people and don't be embarrassed about your business or if it's not making the kind of money you think it should, or the margins aren't where we're, I'm talking about things that you think I'll never get there. Hey, call us. We want to help you. Yeah. Um, That's who we are. Yeah. I want to piggyback on this real quick too, because um, and Frank, you and I talked about this. I think it was like the first or second phone call we were on. Um, and 
preparation for this, but it was, I was telling you how so much private equity has come to me over the years. And, and usually it was like the same key, key um, firms that would come to me and say, Hey, um, we're looking to acquire this company and you know, wherever, uh, what do you, and this is the budget I'm going to put in place for it. What do you think you can do? Because as like from our, from our time in Denver, um, I track everything, uh, every dollar that comes in and every lead that comes in booking rate, closed rate. I mean, revenue attached to it for our yep. customers. So that way we don't ever have to guess on where we stand. Yeah. But that's why private equity would come to us is that we could connect the dots and at least get pretty damn close to understanding what revenue would be in any location. So the, but there was these set groups that would come to me and Kenny being one of them. Um, and Ken, you know, Haynes has bought like six of my customers, which is kind of a pain in the ass because then I lose them <laughs> as a customer. But, um, but this past year, um, there was like 50 more uh, yeah. that, would, that I've never even heard of come to it. And then, you know, and then we've seen Turnpoint get involved more and buy a few of our customers. And, um, and I, one, I, I, it's, it's, I feel grateful that they believe that our company's reputation is that of they can trust us to, yeah. you know, to, to, but what they will, you know, but think about this way too, because we're HVAC specific. I mean, well, I, I'm sorry, home services specific, but mostly HVAC plumbing electrical. Um, last year was a monster year for all of our contractors and yeah. guess who's a great incubator. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I'm sure. well aware of that. Um, so private equity last year was crazy, but here's what I really took away from that. And also from like the ringies since my friends, um, the, the relationship matters in some, yeah. in, in most, in some instances more than the money. Cause they had some, some compelling offers, but yeah. The relationship matters. What could they learn moving forward from you guys that matters? And I'm talking like in general now too, but yeah. um, it's got to be the right fit culturally. I'm going to use that word culturally because that's what I believe in is you, you, you want it to, you, I think some people are like, well, I want to get paid, but, but I also want to take care of my business. Like you are, it's okay to create what, like there, you shouldn't be ashamed of these things, but if you can create a partnership uh, through M&A and, take care of your customers and your key leadership at the same time. Like why Absolutely. not? Why not? Because then what happens is, and if you were to connect with, with, you know, with uh, like you guys have Odyssey backing you, but if you get to connect with say the you and the Leland's now think about what that person gets to go through. They get yeah. to go through what you just explained the first half of this, of all this knowledge you've gotten from some of these key, you know, key players, some of the best of the best. And now like, Frank, you're right up there, man. Like you've got this, you've got all this. And, um, that's what you listening have the opportunity to do. If you want, you don't have to understand it all. Like I learned so much about M and a in this past year that I didn't know, or that didn't even didn't think that I wanted to know, <laughs> but it is, uh, I see, I see it and I understand it and I can yeah. get behind it if the, if the partnership is right now. So for me, if somebody's like, Hey, Chris, do you have somebody that's 20, 30 million in this area? I'm going to try and understand, do I know our customer well enough to know, um, are they a good fit for this guy? Because I know his style because they're, you know, they it's not all the same, right? There are different, everybody does it. The emanate, you know, their approaches it all differently. I yeah. have to try to figure out who's the right connection based on what I know about each of them. But the but it's there, and I can see the upside to it. And if you have this want to grow faster, but get more leadership and help, I mean, M and A is a pretty good choice as long as you find the yeah. right partner. Yeah, it's. I'll just 
just tag one. I mean, tag it on that, Chris. Is you got to feel good with your relationship. I, I get that there's there's look there's a lot of dollars out there and a lot of numbers being tossed around and offered to people. But yep. my advice to any owner is look at what you want for your company to move forward, whether that's with you in the equation or not. But that relationship's key. Again, for us, uh, we believe that's just like our management teams and all the kind of theme I talked about today, there has to be a fit. You know, and you, you talk about Travis and Tyler and and Garrett, who's the GM over there at ProSk. I mean, these are, these are talented guys, but they said, we can, we can learn from you. And like Leland makes a statement back to that is, what can we pick up from them? Yeah doesn't mean yeah. we have all the answers and that's how we look at, it. but the re- got to feel good with the relationship. Absolutely. That's, that's a, could, couldn't emphasize that point you made anymore. Paul, you got anything or are you good? I'm just, I have three words highlighted here. People, relationships, world-class customer service. Yep. Yeah. There's the formula. Well, listeners, um, I hope you understand the treat that you just had. Um, and, oh, yeah. and we let this thing go on because it, it needed to. Um, and Frank, Thanks uh, for being one so candid about everything um, and sharing. And the story is pretty awesome, man. Like the, your journey is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I've got like uh, notes all over the place on here. Um, if you're like an air conditioning historian and you may have not seen this context, but did you know that you were part of something that was so special at the time? Like no. all over the country, particularly no, East. no. And it's, it's, it's probably the, no, not at all. Yeah. I'd say, it's just been a fun, challenging ride at times, but I couldn't be having any more fun with what we're doing today. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you guys, so many people in the world say, you know, I'd have never thought growing up, I, I didn't know. It's just, I can't wait to get moving in the morning. Mm-hmm. My alarm's going off at four o'clock, depending on where I'm staying at. Like <laughs> I'm up, I'm, I'm like, I'm in the email by four 30. I'm excited. I run hard all day. That's what we do. And it's just I'm having so much fun with with our teams, our our businesses we've invested in, our executive management team, our staff here. Um, you know, Chris, you you know you you give a lot of compliments, but back to that relationship, I know that people see the value in what you do, but you go back to Denver and you weren't probably nearly at the scale you're at today. Right. But the investment in pl- things like you're doing and helping businesses understand especially in the home service side, you know, I, I would make sure I would, I would be remiss if I got off of this and didn't say what an amazing job you've done, because it's funny how your name comes up. I mean, literally I told everybody I was getting on this podcast, right. Cause I, I tell Leland and next thing you know, um, you know, your name's coming up and, and Rhino and then Katie Stern, our chief marketing officer is like, Oh, I've heard of these guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, I knew, you know, Chris from when I was in Denver. And so, you know, congratulations. Cause, cause that, that, that incubator you have is, is pretty impressive with the people that uh, are on here. And I think you're doing a lot with these podcasts. Look, I'm lucky enough to be where I'm at, but I've, I've uh, been helped by a lot. I've been exposed a lot, great mentors, but congratulations to you guys. They, people need to be listening to what you're selling more. Uh, if they just listened and invest um, it's, it's just take your time. It's a, it's a steady, put one foot in front of the other, but congratulations to you guys. I mean, it's crazy how many members yeah. and customers and people you have. And how many were there when we were in Denver? Uh, like 
probably he, he would have 15, he would have said a thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, one I, I want to um, say thank you. That means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I think that they're, they're, the similarities are I've got phenomenal employees um, yeah. and that we all run in the same direction. Like, yeah. and it's, uh, what can we do? But if you look, go into my office and look, you'll see on my board says, what can I do better for my customers today? Well, I also needed to know what can I do better for my employees today? Yeah. Um, but cause number one is I got to genuinely care about each of them. Genuinely care, not fake it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, uh, it's, I'm passionate about it. Um, I love to carry the weight on my shoulders of saying I've been doing internet marketing only for HVAC plumbing and electrical for 13 straight years. Yeah, I've had crazy. a l- with using facts, real numbers. So stubborn facts. It's, yeah. So if you have a shitty month, it is exposed. Um, but you also, um, I think if you're, oh, I know if you're honest and you have a true partnership with your customers, which is why we are not an option for the masses is it takes a lot of customer service to do these things. Yep. But if you're honest and you track everything, if you have a couple of months where you don't hit your normal number, it's going to be just fine because you're in it together. You let them know you're in the trenches. So, yeah. um, I, I, I am super grateful for the reputation that Rhino has it's been, it's a lot of hard work over the years, but it is interesting uh, how much I've learned about myself as a human being in this business on how do I, you know, how do I treat people? What can I be, who can I be better? I was telling Paul last time he was out here, the things that we've learned from our guests on this podcast the past year has made me so, so much better of a business owner, yeah. uh, so much better as a, of a human being. And, uh, and I'm grateful for those things. Listen, I'm 41. I got a lot of runway ahead of me. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be with this business. So I'm enjoying the journey. I just refuse to give up the integrity and, you know, and, and for growth, if that makes sense. So I want to do it the right way. I'm just getting smarter. I understand what to do, but I appreciate you saying that. And, and I'm, and it's, it always feels good when it comes from someone who I've worked with, who knows like what we've done together, you know, and so, and especially somebody of your caliber. So I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to you guys coming out for Rhino X uh, in in April. This will air just before it. Um, It is going to be quite the event. Obviously it's my first event. So it's going to be a banger. I'm going, (laughs) I went all out on it. Um, You know, and then you'll get to meet Gary. I'm introduced. I'm excited to introduce you to Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to be there. Thanks for the invite guys. Thanks so much uh, for your time. It was fun to actually do this and, and kind of talk through it. And, um, you know, you guys have something really great going on. Uh, Chris, I know we re- just, just so happy we connected. Paul, great Same. to see you're doing uh, amazing as well. And uh, happy Thank for you, you both. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate that very much. I'm going to go ahead and end with this listeners too, as we have been lately. It's just uh, I'd like to share one of our, uh, our reviews of the podcast. And certainly we love getting them from you. Um, it is exactly what lets us know what you think about what we're doing. And uh, for some reason, if you listen to this podcast and it's terrible, then just forget that you listen to it. How simple as that. <laughs> Um, but uh, let me go ahead and read this review from Anastasia Oswald, who is in Florida. Uh, we've had quite a few from Florida lately, Paul. You notice that? I do. Um, so great for marketers and business owners of all kinds. Uh, five stars. It says, I come from a marketing background and have been working in the home services industry for a couple of years now. I am so genuinely impressed with every episode of this podcast. I learn something new every single time. 
But even more importantly, I walk away feeling inspired and driven to create. These guys are the real deal. Well, guess what, Anastasia? If you don't walk away from this one feeling inspired, then I don't know what's wrong. I know she is. She's going to be solid. So, hey, listeners, we appreciate you so much. Frank, again, my friend, cannot wait to see you and give you a big COVID hug. So you have to be get, get ready for that. Uh, Paul, appreciate the thoughtful questions. And uh, any, any closing any closing words for our listeners, Frank? You know, um, I'd say just, you know, get up every day, do what's best, do what's right, put one foot in front of the other. There's going to be there's as business owners or people running businesses and, and especially in this industry, boy, just, just stick with what's, you know, is true to you. And, and it's hard. It's, it's hard. You know, it's, it's, um, I'll leave you with one last Lelandism. Um, let's do it. You know, and it's, it's, it's a combination. It's a, I'll go back to him. It's actually a combination from him and Dave Leland Smith says it's easy to do what we do. It's easier just not to do it. Hmm. And, and, and Dave's version of that, ironically, two people that knew each other, Dave's version is Frank, it's, it's simple. It's just not easy to do. And this industry is hard, but if you do the right things, the benefits will be there. And, you know, it is people take care of your people and your customers, but your people as much as your customers do those things over time, you will win. It's just the facts. Love it. So good. We say here, no zero days no zero days baby no zero days hey until next time we appreciate y'all listening we'll see ya thanks guys take care thank you